Teaching Ministry of Pastor Taiwo Odukoya, the Senior Pastor of the Founding of Life Church. It is our prayer that the message you're about to hear will no doubt shapen your destiny in Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Our opening text is from the Gospel according to St. Luke in chapter 18. Luke 18, verse 1. Then he spoke a parable. That is, Jesus spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. New King James. Jesus spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. One version says, ought to pray and not faint. Another version says, if you just pick any Bible to open, you see they all try to stress that particular aspect of verse 1. Say, ought to pray and not give up. Ought to pray, amplifies says, and not give up and lose heart. One version says, men always ought to pray and not become cowards. Men always ought to pray and not lose hope. Men always not to pray, one version says, and not to be losing courage. Simply put, if we're losing hope, if we're getting discouraged, if we are giving up, it's just because we are not praying. From the lips of the master, well, he went to give a parable concerning this. I was meditating on this then. I remember in the book of James, the Bible says, in James 5.17, James 5.17, it says, Elijah was a man of like passion like us. You see, men always ought to pray. Elijah was a man as ordinary as you and I. And he prayed. And there was no rain for three years. Then he prayed again. And rains came. Men always ought to pray. Your prayer can shut heaven. Your prayers can open heaven. Your prayers can stop the devil. Your lack of prayers can allow the devil. Men always ought to pray. When men are not praying, the devil is unhindered. He is to always contest with man at every spot. And the sure tool to win over the devil is prayer. Jesus took time to teach that men always ought to pray. Not ought to grumble. Not ought to complain. Otherwise, men will be discouraged. Men will lose hope. Men will give up. Men will faint. Men will become cowardly. Men are not created to be cowards. 
When I'm using men, I'm using it generically. The Bible says Jesus took time to teach us that to walk in the dominion for which you have been created, men always ought to pray. Otherwise, men will shy away from exercising dominion. Jesus taught to that effect. So I looked at Elijah and I just picked him straight away because if Jesus says men ought to pray and the book of James says Elijah was an ordinary man like you and I with the same passions that you have and I have and when he prayed heaven moved so I tried to look at the prayer of Elijah and that's what I've come to do this morning So in this particular example, Elijah did a lot of things. A lot of miracles happened through the ministry of Elijah. But limiting herself to the fact that he was a man of like passion and he prayed fervently that there would be no rain. How? 17. Elijah was a man with a nature like my own. I'm not talking about you now. But you know it's like your own too. With a nature like mine. And he prayed earnestly. He prayed fervently. Men always ought to pray. That it will not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years. Can't you see that your prayers can change things? Except if we don't believe the prayers we pray. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain. And the earth produced its fruit. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availed much. The question is this. Do you believe you're a righteous man? Maybe you are not. But if you're born again, you are a righteous man. Because for many, we measure our righteousness by certain criteria. But the only criteria given in the Bible is to be found in him. Come on, James 5, 21. He who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And the effectual, fervent prayer of one righteous man does it. I believe because I'm assured before coming to stand before you this morning that your prayer life is changing for good in the name of Jesus. Oh, the amen is honest, very, very assured in Christ Jesus that the time has come that if you dare pray, you will expect a result. In the name of Jesus. That's why you are a child of God. That's why God is waiting. Anybody can cry, anybody can shout, anybody can do anything. Where are my people? Are they praying? Because that's what we change things. So I went on to 1 Kings chapter 17. 
from verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, he said to the king. The king was a terror. The king, that king, was a dictator. What did he say? As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain this year except at my word. What? <laughs> except at my word. There shall not be except at my word. Well, look at how he started. As the Lord God of Israel lives, he hasn't died and he can never die. He will live forever. He said, There shall be no rain. In fact, he says, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand. There shall be no rain. Immediately he said that. God set in motion how to preserve him. Because what he just said was coming over you too. Immediately, look at verse 2. Immediately he said that too. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Get away from here. You stop the rain now. So wrong. And turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherit, which flows into the Jordan. And to be that you shall drink. Two things God was doing here. Because he said something. What did he say? Let there be no rain. And come on, you are causing trouble for everybody. You're going to make life more difficult for this king. The king will come after you. Immediately he said it. Bam! God said, okay, now that you said it. Now, wrong. Run for your life. Because what you said is coming to pass. And as you run, I will show you where to hide. He said, hide yourself. And there will be no rain because even there we suffer. But I will keep a brook running so you will have water to drink. Let the righteous stand up. That's what the time is calling for. Then the rest of the story. And the Bible tells us that for three and a half years, there were no, it's not a matter of boasting or showing off. He had to deliver the message to the king, the one that needed to hear. And that was it. Then the Bible says, and he prayed again. Now, we're not told all the steps he took or what manner of prayer or how he did pray. No, we're not told. But in 1 Kings 18, check that. And it came to pass. After many days, days that is, it's been drought. I mean the trouble in the land. He prayed there was no rain and there was no rain. Okay? Then he prayed there was rain and there was rain. Are we praying that there should be no peace? Are we praying that violence should continue? 
Hoping that the economy, the problem with the economy will become unsolvable. I would pray that security issues will just keep on mounting. You see, Pastor, we're not saying that. But you're not praying contrary. Instead, you are farming it every day by what you say. You see, what are you saying? But you are the righteous. Can't you see that what you say is key? Can't you see that it's up to you, the righteous? The moment he prayed, given that he was stopping the rain, the moment he, the moment he declared it, God said, God swung it to action. <laughs> Daniel's prayer, he says, since the day you pray, the angel was dispatched. Given that it took a while before he saw his all, but immediately the angel was dispatched. Marker. Hey, our prayers are powerful. First Kings chapter 18, 1. And it came to pass, after many days, that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, go present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain. He has said that for three and a half years. God kept record. At the expiration of the period, God came and said, you know what? It's three and a half years. Now go show yourself to the king. <laughs> Whatever you lose on earth, heaven loses it. Whatever you disallow, in fact, if you really look at that, study that place properly. He said, whatever you lose, you set loose on that. It's because heaven has set it loose. Just waiting for you to effect it. Whatever you prevent on that is because heaven has prevented it. Waiting for somebody to voice it and establish it. So, what you say is key. It's lack of knowledge when we begin to pursue and begin to, you know, do the opposite instead of doing what the Bible says. See, God came back and said, okay, now you go, let there be rain. He said, I will send rain. Question, oh, because Ahab has changed? No. It was God and his people talking. Go to 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, before then, mm, let me back off a little bit. Let me go back to verse 2. Verse 2 says, so Elijah went to present himself to Ahab, and there was a severe famine in Samaria. And Ahab had called Obadiah, who was in charge of his house. Now Obadiah feared the Lord. That's the prophet. We have his book here in the Bible. In the palace of Obadiah. Right there. Which you and I, if you were to be living there, would have. That's a prophet. Right there. You think God is confused? And what was he doing? I think he was in charge of the kitchen. For so it was why Jezreel massacred the prophets of the Lord that Obadiah had taken 100 prophets and hidden them, 50 to a cave, and had fed them with bread and water. 
That was under the reign of Ahab. And Ahab had said, now that's a side comment just to remind you that this Obadiah that we're talking about was the one that when they were massacring the prophets of the Lord, he preserved 150. Under the nose of Ahab. And Ahab had said to Obadiah, verse 5, go into the land to all the springs of water and to all the brooks, perhaps we may find grass to keep the horses and moose alive so that we will not have to kill any livestock. So they divided the land between them to exploit. Ahab went one way by himself and Obadiah went another way by himself. You can imagine the trouble that this had caused the land. Now, as Obadiah was on his way, suddenly Elijah met him and he recognized him and fell on his face and said, is that you, my Lord Elijah? This was prophet to prophet. What we call minor, what we call major by the volume of the books and the works they did in the Bible. These were two prophets of God. <laughs> and he answered him, it is I. Then he said, go tell your master Elijah. I mean, go tell your master, Elijah is here. What? <laughs> and he answered, I mean, so he said, verse 9, how have I sinned that you are delivering your servant unto the hand of Ahab to kill me? Ah. That's there. As the Lord your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom where my master has not sent someone to hunt for you. And when they said he's not here, he took an oath from the kingdom or nation that they could not find you because if after that he finds them there, they are all dead. You say it's not there, all of you sign that it's not there. And now you are saying to me, go tell your master Elijah is here. And he said, come to pass, as soon as I am gone from you, that the spirit of the Lord will carry you to a place I do not know. So when I go and tell Ahab, and he cannot find you, Uh, <laughs> he will kill me. <laughs> but I, your servant, <laughs> have feared the Lord from my youth. That is, I, I have feared the Lord from my youth. He now went ahead to say quite a lot of things that he has done. Uh, was it not reported to my Lord? What I did, with, I mean, when Jesus killed the prophet of the Lord, how I hid, you know, 100 men of the Lord's prophets, 50 to a cave, and fed them. And now you say, go tell your master. Elijah is here. He will kill me. Why was he saying all this? What sin have I committed that you're asking me to go and tell him that you're coming? See, I fear God. Or did anybody tell you I've been committing sin? I fear God. I even saved him. So why are you telling me to go and tell him? As soon as I go, you will disappear. Then Elijah answered. This is key. As the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, I will surely present myself to him today. So Abadiah went and met Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. Then it happened that Ahab saw Elijah, uh, that Ahab said to him, Is that you, O troubler of Israel? And he answered and said, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have. You are only just playing the best psychology. You know the truth the troubler is. In that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed the bars. 
Now, therefore, send and gather all Israel together. Can you imagine? Can you imagine this guy? He went and he appeared. God said, see, the promise has gone forth. Go appear, I'm going, I'm going to bring rain. And he was hearing God. And when he got there, he said, okay, now, you say I'm, I'm the troubler. You are the troubler. You are your household. Go and gather all the prophets of Baal. Because you turn to follow Baal. That's why there's trouble. Go and call all the prophets of Baal. Gather them. 450 of them. That was the man Camel experience. He slaughtered all of them. <laughs> praise God. I say praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So in verse 40, Elijah seized them. Do not let any of them escape. So they seized them and Elijah brought them down to the brook of Kishon and executed them there. Verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, Ahab was, he observed all these things because go up, eat and drink for there's a sound of abundance, of rain. Stop worrying about drought. It is finished. That was what he was sent to do. So Ahab went up to eat and drink and Elijah went up to the Mount Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, go up now and look towards the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass. The seventh time then he said, that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now, it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and winds that there was heavy, a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he gathered up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Now, this time around, we are giving the picture step by step of what happened. The effect of a prayer of one righteous man or of a righteous man avails much. Men ought always to pray and not faint. Elijah was a man of like passion. He prayed that there had been no rain on earth for three and a half years, and it was so. He prayed again, and there was rain. Now, this is, now look at the step by step. Jack Hayford kind of itemized things. Number one, he had a promise. Go prevent yourself. I'm bringing the rain. Hello. We have the promise. We have the most sure word of prophecy. We have the Bible. We have the promise. Hmm. Number two, the fact that God has promised does not mean that you should go and sleep. The Christian walk, like we always make clear to ourselves, is a fight of faith. Every prophecy is a warfare. God said it, God assured you that you have to fight the fight of faith. So the fact that God said it does not mean you should not pray. The Father of God said it means that you should pray. Number three. Then we saw clearly, he said, yeah, go and eat and drink and relax. The rain is coming. And the amazing thing is this. The hidden king believed him. And guess what? He, having told him what will happen, went right on the mountain. What did you go to the mountain? To pray. God has promised. He has declared it. But he's going to pray. 
when he came to prayer, the Bible even gave us the posture. He said, he buried his head between his knees. One, he said, he bowed down. And buried his head between his knees. Then he got up. Called the servant. He said, go check. What is faith? Earnest expectation. No matter how long. He started praying. The next thing you see there, he didn't just pray. He didn't declare once and prayed once. When the servant came, he said, I saw nothing. He didn't change what God has said. He went back to prayer. He sent him again. Nothing. He went back to prayer. God is not going to change what he has said. He went back again. He said nothing. He he went back to prayer. He got up and said, go. He came back again. Seven times. Why would God say seven times? Perfection. Keep on praying until you get it. Let God be true and every man a liar. Men always ought to pray. Don't tell me that because your family is jinxed. There's a cause that's been wrangling, hungry for so ever. No matter how much one again you are, it's going to be. So you must believe that instead of the word of God. I refuse. No, I don't believe your theology. Pastor, until so, 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 eh, I will pray until what must be done will be done. But the result of the word of God will come to pass in my life. That's what we're saying. And when men don't pray, they give up. That's what the Bible says. Promise. Hallelujah. Prayer. Persistence in prayer. And of course, he believed. Otherwise, why will he declare and why will he pray? Faith. But and this is what Jesus thought. Go to, if, I, if you go back to that same Luke 18, you know, what did he say? He gave us the parable of the unjust judge. Very powerful. Regard for nobody. But this poor widow, helpless, said, please, my right. Then Jesus was giving parable. said, though he does not regard any man, not even God, said, let this woman wear me out. Her persistence. You know, in Matthew 11, when they went to him to say, teach us how to pray, he said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, you know. Then immediately thereafter, he gave a parable. I mean, a man had a friend, I know, that came midnight, he said, Do you will not rise up to? He said, But because of his persistence, he said it. Are you, are you where you are giving up right now? On yourself, on your marriage, on your family. See where I started from? Yourself. Your marriage, your family, your nation. Are you giving up right now? Don't you think the problem is because you are failing to pray now? I'm not trying to put pressure on you. But I'm saying remain in the place of prayer. And by the time Jesus goes through teaching them the parable, he now says, therefore, ask. Every version of the Bible I have read says, keep, ask and keep on asking. 
and you will receive. Seek and keep on seeking. Open any version. Go to your amplifier. Go to Western Station. Even New Living. Knock and keep on knocking. Men always ought to pray and not faint. I see that stubborn situation in your life giving way. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> I see it. Even Paul. First Thessalonians chapter 5. You know what he said? Paul says, Pray without season. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, start from 17. And take the helmet of salvation, you know. And the soul of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayers. Can you see always there? And supplication, how? I wrote there, the margin of the Bible, the secret of perseverance in prayers. In the spirit. Did we see that in Elijah? Before he shut the heavens. Where is stood there? He said, as long as the God of Israel Leaves before whom I stand when he will open heaven again and he met Abadiah. Abadiah said, ah, As long as this God, the God of Israel, lives before whom I stand. And I said, What does that mean? So we've seen him getting the promise, we've seen him praying, we've seen him persevering in prayer. Hello, we've seen him praying in faith. Then the one more thing is that. He always prayed in the spirit. You say, what does that mean? In Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 8, you see God saying for the first time, he says, separate for me. Levite and his sons that they may stand before me to minister. So every time there was crisis, Elijah said, before whom I stand, he became conscious of the spirit of the God that has called him. And what was that? What was separation? Appointment and anointing. And if you look in the Bible, you will discover that this was purely the pattern of only two of them really declared this all the time. Elijah and Elisha. And it was always when there was trouble. They assured themselves of their according and their anointing. Then they declare. Elisha, when there was a confederacy of kings against the king of Samaria, and then they called the king of Judah, who was supposed to be righteous, and when they were in trouble, they looked for, Elisha came and said, ah! It is because this God lives before whom I stand. He said, I will never have looked at you. It was because of Judah, the king of Judah. I'm telling you. And of course, then he prophesied to them. The second time, it was when Naaman we get him to take something from him for his healing. It was very alluring and very tempting. Very soothing to his flesh. He said, no, I'm not taking it from you. He tried. He said, as long as the Lord lives, before my stand. You're fighting temptation. You're fighting oppression. You're fighting lack. 
You are fighting sickness. Step into the spirit. They reminded themselves of their appointment and their anointing. And they moved. What about us? How can you then persevere in prayer? How can you insist until you get results? Pray, get into the spirit. Romans 8.26 We don't even know how to pray as we ought to. But the spirit takes all results. The good that cannot be altered. What am I saying today? Your prayers can get results. That's all I'm saying. Get into the spirit. Pray. He says because the spirit knows the mind of God. He makes you pray according to the will of God. And when we pray according to his will, he hears. And we have what? An assurance that there will be answers. Come on. Jesus says, when you stand praying, believe. If you say to this mountain, be that one, you don't have a doubt in your heart, but you believe that what you, say, you will have what you say. Therefore, when you stand praying, believe that what you pray is coming to pass. You will have it. Every principle was followed there. The effectual prayer of the righteous. I now know that when you pray for me, there will be answer. When you pray concerning Nigeria, there will be answer. Everybody may refuse to pray, but when you pray, I feel the fire. Oh, I feel the release. Oh, glory. I feel the fire. Man can pray and get results. Your prayers are effective. The devils are afraid of your prayers. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Your Christianity is not for sale. Glory be to God in the highest. Hallelujah. Let's give him praise. Can't you see how valuable you are in the hand of God? Can't you see how awesome your God is? I say effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous. Your prayers have authority. You have power. Your prayers have power. Say God hears me when I pray. Father, we give you praise. Father, we give you honor. We know that you have been tremendously blessed by this message. For additional information and materials from Pastor Taiwo Odukoya, please contact us at the Founding of Life Church, 12th Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries of Town Planning Way in Lupeju, Lagos. PO Box 698, Shemolu, Lagos. Visit our website at www.tfolc.org. Thank you. And God bless you.